One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. You're very welcome to the final late lunch of 2023. Happy Christmas, everybody. Wish you all well for the festive season. And I hope the new year brings you all the joy and happiness that comes your way. Thank you for joining us right through the year on the show. And we're delighted to have you with us once again today. I know it's busy, busy out there. I say it. We're getting close now. Anyway, how many sleeps? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Three sleeps to go. Only three sleeps to go. And the man with the big white beard and the red suit and the reindeers will be arriving to the houses all over the world of children and Ireland especially. And I know nearly every child in Ireland, they have to be on the good list this year and they're going to get, please God, what they wrote to Santa for. Isn't it so exciting? It really, really is. Take our number today if you want to get in touch or say anything that's on your mind, whatever. We love to hear from you. 086 658 That's 086 658 by WhatsApp or text if you want to get in touch with us on the show today. We're making our final call abroad. Yes, we're heading to Sydney in Australia to have a chat with our Lizzie Dorn, who emigrated there uh, at the beginning of the year. She was with us here in LMFM for a while. You might remember we spoke to her uh, when she was on a journey through the Far East. We'll also hear from Irene Gahan, our bookie book. She recommends her books of the year. So if you're looking for a last minute book as a gift, stay tuned to Late Lunch today. Enya Gleeson. Oh, will you hear a story? She had a break in at her house. They stole something very precious to her. We'll tell you about it in a wee while. And we have little people for you to meet today. Yes, we have indeed. We will be hearing from Cormac Ferreter and Ava Flynn throughout the show this afternoon. They're here to talk about Christmas, to read some poems for you and more besides. Great to have you with us, as I say again, on this final day of the show for the year. Let's begin, though, however, down on the farm, because, you know, Brussels sprouts, you either love them or loathe them, even though now you'll see chefs dickying them up with bacon and frying them and putting chestnuts through them and things like that, and people are taking to them. They really are more and more. But I know it's marmite for some people, but the sprout, it's part and parcel of Christmas and the Christmas table. A man who knows all about them is joining me on the line. He's the general manager of Finnegan's Farm, John Smith. Welcome to the show. Jerry, how are you? Thanks very much for having me. Not at all. Great to have you with us on this afternoon. Well, first off, context for me. How, how much, let's say, tonnage of sprouts would you grow there in Finnegan's? Uh, well, we'd be putting out about 120 tonnes over the seven days there prior to Christmas. So it's an awful lot of eating <laughs> oh, um, in such a short period of time. 120 tonne of Brussels sprouts. That is some amount. What would that be of your overall sale? Because they do appear earlier and, and later as well. So what, 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 what percentage-wise would that be, would go out over those days? About 75% of our, of our crop. And but that's stretching out every every year as it goes on because it's becoming more and more popular on the shelf. Yeah. Okay. So the popularity of it is growing. What acreage would be under it then? 
we have forty five acres at the minute. Right, it's quite it's quite a bit. And what do you supply? Is it into? Is it wholesale? Is it retail? What? Where do they go? No, so we're going directly to retail. Um, our crop is going to Dunn stores, so we'd be producing um, both Brussels sprouts and potatoes for Dunn stores. Right, okay. And uh, tell me this, um, you know when you see them in the, in the store, all the packaged up and everything like that, you see some people today leaving them on the stem. Yeah, it, it, it wouldn't be as common now with the, at the minute because obviously the, the labour that goes into that, it's hard enough to get them... Um, harvested with a harvester with the labour when you have to go out and knife cut them yeah. it's, it's difficult to get people to do that so it is becoming less common okay. but there is um, some farmers are doing that you know but we stick to we stick to putting them into the 500 grams into the yes. nets yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's it and they're, they're absolutely fine there so listen take us back because I know being an amateur gardener myself I've grown them in the past not in recent years because I find them a very long growing season when do you do you buy plants and put the plants in is that it? Yeah, so we'd be we'd be sowing seed um, with the propagator there in roughly around February, late February, early March, and then when we get a propagated plant, which is basically your seed sprouted in a little compost module, and then we plant that between early May and early June. So there's a there's a planting period there which just spreads out your risk to make sure that you're going to have um, a good crop then for your Christmas period. So between different varieties and different plant dates, it guarantees you that. You'll have you'll have a crop for the period, and then there's obviously your your husbandry throughout the summer. You you're going to have your weed control, your your um, hilling up, anything kind of just your your general day to day looking after the, of the crop. It's it's an easy enough crop to grow once you keep on top of it. So every 14 days there, we'd be going out with a um, a prescribed application between nutrients for the crop, um, weed control or whatever it is, yeah. and then. We start to harvest in early October. Volumes are small, but as I say, they're getting bigger and bigger each year. It's become more of a popular veg on the shelf. Um, but then our main burst becomes at Christmas, and then it continues on until roughly around Paddy's Day. That's always the target for the, for yeah. the crop is, is your Paddy's Day is kind of the cut-off limit for it. Yeah, so really it's a 12, 13-month cycle. So you start your own from seed and then you put your plants in. Very good to hear that. So it's a, a, a big operation year-round. Uh, I found them a devil to look after at times. I used to have to net them and try and keep everything under the sun off them. But I'll tell you what, I love Brussels sprouts. I take it, Sean, you do, being the general manager and growing 100 and, uh, 120 tonne and more a year. Well, throughout the year now, you might say that they, they'd, be one, they'd be a very nice stage. But then when I... I see enough of them for the week of Christmas, so it's actually the one veg you don't want to see in me different place. But, but other than that, it, 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 is a, it is a very nice veg. Between the different ways you can, you can, there's an awful lot of things you can do with sprouts. You yes. Know? And, um, Ireland will be very popular for, for following the trends of America. And America now, this is the next superfood. And mm. we're slowly starting to follow the trend of different recipes, seeing them more on the, on the retail shelf, all that sort of thing. So, it's it will slowly slowly come into the the, the retail shelf more yeah. um, over the next couple of years. You know, <laughs> I was just to figure that myself. Uh, you love them a lot, but you know when you're working at them all year round and and you have a few feeds of them, I know what you're talking about. But it has, I see it with the with the chefs and that they're all uh, doing new ways with sprouts, and people are starting to love them even more. And you're seeing that in the sales as well. But you do know there's people that just can't countenance them. You know that yourself. I have, I, I know people like that. Yeah, well, we even we even cater for that market as well. So we take our second grade sprouts, which is our baby sprouts, that typically wouldn't be found in your net, yeah. and we put them into our uh, processing facility here, where we park them, 
we season them and we dress them with pancetta and ham. And that goes also into a retail shelf, which is straight into the oven and ready in about 15 or 20 minutes. So, like, we have the, we have the option for the person that loves to, to do their own bit of cooking and cook them the way they like them. And then yeah. we also cover the option of um, the person that's looking for that little bit of convenience where they have a busy household or they might necessarily know how to cook them the best way. So, yeah. we have the two options for everyone, you know. Jeepers, John, you're pitching it well today. I'll tell you, those people <laughs> who never tasted them are going to be tasting them this year for sure. What else? I know you're a big, big operation there. What else is, you know, busy at this time of the year besides sprouts for you guys? Yeah, so we'd be uh, producing then fresh produce potatoes for Dunn stores as well. And then we have a range of value-added um, meal accounts, which you find in kind of like our foil trays on the shelf. So everything is ready in 15 minutes. Mm. We do the likes of your croquettes, your grassans, your carton paris, the mash, Brussels sprouts, obviously. Um, there's a range there of 30 lines uh, that we do for, for retail. So it's it's a very busy spot. It's not just... Yeah. Um, one one operation we're trying to look after there's, there's two or three and it can be very busy at times but we're lucky enough we have great people around us and great staff that definitely make it an awful lot easier mm. and, and Obviously you're adding value uh, you know to what you do there as well and, and there's a big big market for that I know that and I see it and people are, are looking for that m- more and more Um for for yourselves, this I've spoken on a number of occasions to different farmers uh, in the last, say, three to four months. Um, the weather, the rain, it's been very, very damp, hasn't it? Well, it's been a challenging year from literally the word dot. Yeah. We, when we typically be going out to plant between any of our vegetables or potatoes there in March and April, we got very, very difficult to start with the wet weather and then... We eventually got going in tough conditions and then we seen a drought which made it even more challenging and that brings on other things that we have to try and overcome, be it getting water onto the crops and then when it started to rain in July it just didn't know when to stop and unfortunately um, it's been it's been ongoing since then so we've been stop start between digging our potatoes and then trying to travel on land, trying to get work done. It's been very, very challenging. You know, yeah. it's, it's the only thing that, you, that farmers don't have control over anymore it's that it's getting very under, unpredictable the weather mm. and it's just going to be one of the biggest challenges that we see going forward now over the next couple of years you can have all the machinery you want in the world and have everything in your control but the one thing is the weather and that's definitely something we we can't control yeah it is it is a big issue going forward for sure for yourselves and for everybody else because without you guys uh, producing the food stuff well we're in big trouble in this world of ours for sure are you off now do you, do you take a can you take can you put your feet up from say after the weekend are you taking a week off or into the new year uh, john well, we'll be taking a couple of days off, so we'll be closed here now tomorrow afternoon and then back open in the middle of next week. Right. And uh, closed then for a day or two at New Year's. But we tend to take our holidays more so in the summertime um, mm. when the kids are off school and all that. That's where it starts to get a little bit quieter. And, yes. Um, a lot of our staff members then would take that advantage to go away on holidays at, at that time, you know. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Anyway, good luck with all you do and thanks for telling us uh, about your huge sprout operation and uh, I wish everybody a happy, happy Brussels sprout Christmas this year. John, thanks for joining me. Many happy returns. Thanks very much. Not at all. Take care of yourself. That's John Smith there, the General Manager of Finnegan's Farm.
Late Lunch LMFM Radio if you want to get in touch with us in the show 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text yes Santa's little helper is on Jerry and Louise only three sleeps to go indeed you are right I want to say thanks to some people who sent me cards they're still coming in to Patricia in Nauber today thank you very much indeed for the card and, and for the lovely little scratchy in there maybe there's a bit of luck in it I might have a little bit of luck in my life um, to Jerry and Louise and your families uh, many thanks for your wonderful programme you make me laugh and cry in equal measure with the stories you tell every afternoon that comes in from Breda her dogs and her cats and gels and all the best for 2024 there's another lovely one there that's come um, let me see who's my name is Maisie Claire Cassidy I live in Kilbeg Kells County Mead I have a little brother called Sean Oag he's one and a half and it's signed by Maisie and it says love and best wishes and peace on earth and happiness and all the kisses and hearts I am five years old I go to Kilbeg school Maisie we love your card thanks so much for sending it in to us another one here dropped into the station yesterday from our good friend yes indeed Lorraine Cunningham thank you so much for the lovely card Uh, to Jerry and Louise wishing you a very happy Christmas and a peaceful new year best of luck for 2024 and I know you will bring us all you do once again uh, next year across the North East and beyond well done to you Lorraine thank you and all the best to Blaney Blades we'll be back to you I promise you in the new year because you have a lovely story there to tell us and to my friends yes the community of the Franciscan Sisters of the Renewal have sent me in a beautiful beautiful card for Christmas time I do appreciate it and the sisters will be talking to us as well early on in 2024 let's take a wee break on late lunch and I have uh, some little voices for you to hear after the short break. I have two very excited children in the studio with me now. Let me tell you that Miss Ava Flynn is here and Cormac Ferreter and they're very good friends. Hello. Hi. Hi. Thanks for joining me on Late Lunch this afternoon. Tell them why you're good friends. Tell tell the listeners, Cormac, why you and Ava are very good friends. Um, we do the same sport. Yes. What is that? Running. And who do you run with? Um... Drada and District. Drada and District Running Club. And you run, What? when do you run? What days of the week, Ava? Uh, we do Wednesdays and Saturdays. And rumour has it you're very fast runners. Are you both fast, Cormac? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Ava's fa- a really good runner. And you are too. I know this. Yes, I know Cormac's you're s- really fast. Oh, you see, there's a mutual appreciation society between them here. That You are both great. And thanks for coming in to us today. Cormac, are you all excited for Christmas? Very. What 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 would you love Santa to bring you? Did you write to him? Yeah. Oh, what did you ask for? Poscas. Oh, oh my God, Ava. I asked for some books, a surprise, Lemans, and an arrow. Lovely. And I have to ask both of you this: Have you been very good all year? Yes. Yeah. Yes, you have, of course. Now tell me this: You know, on Christmas, uh, uh, Christmas Eve, which is Sunday, you know that. Yes. Will you be going to bed early? Yes. Yeah. And will you stay asleep, sound asleep until no, morning? No, no, no. What? No. Yes. No, no. <laughs> Your mammy is going to be really now concerned. She's watching you, so she's you can't stay asleep, can you not? With the excitement, is it? Are you all excited? No, I want to see Santa. Oh my God! But you know, has anybody ever seen Santa? I don't think so. I have. What? 
I saw him today at my school. Oh, yes. And, and you know, those Santas are fantastic Santas. And they're all Santas' uh, little helpers all around yeah. the world. But the real, there's one Santa Claus. You know this in the North Pole? Yeah. One Santa Claus. Yeah. He comes on Christmas Eve night and he travels all over the world and he comes down the chimneys and into the homes and leaves the present. Now, who... Mm. Not, not like the Grinch. No, absolutely not. Forget about him. And <laughs> tell me this: who pulls Santa's sleigh? Who's the important one? Who? Rudolph. Yes, and what has he? A red, red nose. nose. Oh, he has a red nose. And you'd need the red nose to be honest with you, with the weather in Ireland uh, the way it is, so misty and murky at the moment. Um, does anybody leave out anything for Rudolph? Yeah. And Santa, what do you leave out, Cormac? Well, I went to Tato Park and we got reindeer food. Did you? Yeah. Oh, the reindeers will be chuffed at that. What do you do, Ava? Uh, I leave out some carrots and also I sprinkle some reindeer magic <gasps> on our front garden. Oh, my word. Okay, so the excitement is building for Christmas. And you have, tell them, who else is in your house that hopes she gets something from Santa? Um, so my little sister, Olivia. What age is she? She is one years old. And what age are you? I'm eight. Cormac, what age are you? Seven. And you have an older sister and brother, haven't you? What's the names? Um, Katrina and Cole. Great. And tell me this, where do you go to school? Sandpit. Lovely. Are you finished now for the Christmas? Yes, I oh, am. Fantastic. And Ava? I go to St. Oliver's. So everybody's off now for the Christmas holidays. Isn't that simply wonderful? Is Christmas your favourite time of the year? Yes. yes by oh. far, by far, by <laughs> Definitely by far. <laughs> that is a, is a resounding yes for sure. It really is. Now, I know you've come along today uh, to read some poems for me, haven't you? We're going to have poetry and a little bit of singing and we have a special uh, uh, weather announcer as well. So you have a, a poem each there in front of you. Who's going to go first? Uh, I will. Ava's going to go first. So what poem are you going to read for us today? Uh, Tell us. Snowball. Okay, away you go, Ava. I made myself a snowball as perfect as could be. I thought I'd keep it as a pet and let it sleep with me. I made it some pyjamas and a pillow for its head. Then last night it ran away, but first it wet the bed. (laughs) What's the name of that poem? Snowball. I love it. I absolutely love it. Now, Cormac, what's your poem? What are you going to read for me today? A chubby little snowman. Away you go. Good man. A chubby little snowman had a carrot nose. Along came a rabbit. And what do you suppose? That hungry little bunny, looking for his lunch, ate the snowman's nose. Nibble, nibble, crunch. Hey, well done to both of you. That's fantastic. You're great readers. You really are. Okay, I forgot to ask you about school because it's very important because I know teachers, I think Cormac, you told me your teacher's listening in now. Who is your teacher? Miss Butterley. And who teaches you, Ava? Uh, Miss McVeigh. Oh, and do you love school? Yes. You love school, both of you? Very much. Very much so. Isn't that great to hear? It really is. So tell us about yourselves a little bit more. I know you run together. What else do you do, Ava, besides running? I do swimming and I do dancing. Who do you dance with? Uh, I dance with Kid Cass. Okay, you dance with them. And Cormac, what do you do besides running? Um, I do swimming, Gaelic and soccer. Oh, very good. You have a lot going on, haven't you? What's your favourite? If you were to say what your favourite is of all the sports you do, what do you love most of all? Gaelic. <laughs> do you? Good man. Ava? Running. Oh, there you go. So you have little preferences as well. Now, besides school and all your sports and everything... Do you like to read or watch television or what, Ava? I love to read. Do you? 
Yeah, yes. you, you like reading, do you? Yes. Do you watch uh, anything on TV? Um, I do. What I do you love? Uh, Hannah Montana and my favourite programme of all time is definitely Strictly Come Dancing. Ooh! And who won this year? Ellie. And you said, I know, weeks and weeks ago she'd win it, didn't you? Yeah. Were you thrilled she won? Definitely. What about you, Carmack? What do you like to do besides the sports and school? I like to do maths in school. Right. And my favourite TV programme, well, it's not a programme, it is on YouTube, it's called Dream. Very good. And you love that, do you? Mm-hmm. And you watch it, do you? I All... mean, I mean geography. Oh, right. I see. I see. So, listen, you have lots of interests besides. So, today is what? We're at Friday. You've just finished school. We have Saturday. Then Sunday is Christmas Eve. And Monday is the big, big day. <gasps> what about Christmas dinner? Are you looking forward to Christmas dinner? Definitely. Do you love your More dinner? definitely than her. <laughs> more definitely. I don't think that's possible. Oh, it is. It definitely. Is. Well, I, I actually am more, more, more definitely even looking forward to it, if that's okay. If you don't mind me saying that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you're great. So, look, we're going to hear more from you later on the show. You have another po- a couple of poems, haven't you, for us? Yeah. Yes. We'll come back to this a bit, little bit later in the show. But in the meantime, thank you both for joining us on Late Lunch today. And I want to dedicate this next song to the two of you. Uh, to all of my grandchildren, I want to mention them all today. Olivia, Pippa, Harry, to your brothers and sister, Cole and Katrina, and all your family as well, to all our families. Let's enjoy this one. This is especially on late lunch today for all the children of all ages out there. It's Mr. Michael Bublé. And you know what, Cormac and Ava? Do you know this? Santa Claus is coming to... Town! You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pot, I'm telling you why, Santa Claus is coming to town. It's been a while since we spoke. Do you remember Elizabeth Dorn, or as we call her, our Lizzie? Yes, she headed off beginning of the new year on a huge adventure to the Far East. We were talking to her regular, then she tipped down to Australia. She's based herself there. She's in Sydney and she joins us this afternoon on Late Lunch. Lizzie Dorn, how are you? I am fantastic, Jerry. How are you? We're really good back here in late lunch land. We got on without you. Now, there was a big gap. There was a big hole in our lives. But we just <laughs> had to do it. You know the way it works. I'll be back at some point. Don't worry. <laughs> ah, good on you. Good on you. Well, listen, happy Christmas all the way to Sydney in Australia. But hold on a second. You got a taste of Ireland recently, didn't you? Your mum and dad I called. Did. I did. I did. How lucky am I? My folks came over there with me for about three weeks. And they left, they, they abandoned me. No, they didn't. They left me on Sunday to go back home and, you know, re- go back to their lives. And there was loads of tears in the airport on Sunday afternoon here in Sydney. But, um, oh, Jerry, we had such a scream. We had a great time. It was just laughing, catching up. Because it would have been about, like, n- nearly 11 months since I had, I, had, I had seen them last. So that's a long time for me. I'm, I'm their firstborn as well. So the big baby left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... um, so we had a great time. Well, tell us, since we spoke last, uh, you've settled down in Sydney with your good man. Just, I suppose, uh, to uh, complete the circle, you headed out there with some friends. Are you all still together and what are you doing? Are you working? Bring us up to date. Yeah, so we're all here. More people have joined since and um, more are coming. So the six of us that all that arrived here, we're all here. We're all working. 
And luckily, don't know how we managed to wrangle this one. We've all managed to either get sponsored by the companies we're working with or like for me, I'm hopping on David's visa, which is a great thing for me. So that basically means we do not have to go and work in the farms or do our regional work. Um, so we get an extension of like two years with no, no like restrictions on our visa. So that's really cool. That's all being processed the minute for most of us. Some of us have them already. And then next Friday, one of my very close friends, Maeve, is arriving to come and, you know, chase the Australian dream, I suppose. And then a couple of weeks later, David's sister's joining us. So I honestly don't know many people back in Ireland at the moment. They're all, they all seem to be tripped coming over in drips and drabs. It's crazy. You're setting up a commune from the northeast oh. in Ireland <laughs> out in Australia. This is amazing. It really, really is. What are you working at yourself? I'm in advertising at the moment. So I was doing the same at home along with my little radio gigs. But yes, I'm in advertising in a creative agency. Really cool, fun place. Great gang to work with. And I am trying to weasel my way in, onto the airwaves over here. At, and I'll do it somehow. I'll figure it out. Just need to find my in. I need to find my person. Tell me about your, your time in Sydney and Australia. What was the winter time like? Because our summer, and mind you, Lizzie, we hadn't much of a summer here altogether. But what is winter time like out there? Which is your, say, June, July, August? Yeah, so June, July, August was very moderate like yeah a couple of rainy days it wasn't as hot as what it is now um it was kind i'd say our winter was kind of like a a decent summer in ireland is Mm. kind of how i would put it into perspective but now it literally feels like someone turned the heat on left the heating on (laughs) (laughs) and it was like 42 degrees there the other day now i'm lucky i work in an ac office (laughs) like dave is an engineer so he has to go and like visit sites and he's you know out in the wilderness he's facing all the elements so that's a different ball game but um no it's 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 getting hot now there's only a couple of days it gets to kind of that temperature but um yeah the summer is definitely a lot hotter than than i than at home obviously Uh, but it's like it's funny now like we're mid-december it's like 35 plus degrees and like there's christmas trees everywhere and i'm like this is such a foreign concept i've never had been walking around in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt Christmas time. There's like it's not great. This is just a fake Christmas. <laughs> it feels very, very foreign to us. Yeah, different indeed. You know, we have the short yeah. days, the darkness, the poor weather, and all that, and it definitely lifts us at this time of year. It must be totally foreign, as you say, to yourself. But it is Christmas. What about Christmas Day? It's coming up very soon. What's your plans for Christmas and the New Year? Will you will you eat turkey? Probably won't be having a roast on Christmas Day because it's so hot. Like, I don't know how we'd even stand in the kitchen. But our plan at the moment is, so with my commune that we've built in here, basically there's a group of about 14 of us, 15 of us. We're going to do a Christmas Eve dinner. So when it's cooler in the evening, we're going to do a dinner and, you know, have like Christmas vibes that evening. And then I think on Christmas Day, we're going to end up like every other Irish person in Australia and end up at the beach somewhere because I don't know what else we're going to do. It's going to be absolutely roasting. Like we're not going to be sitting in like watching Christmas movies because that's just not. I just don't think you'd be able to survive inside all day. So um, yeah, we'll probably end up going to the beach. We've been discussing our plans. So we have our Christmas Eve as our kind of Christmas day, and then kind of play it by ear, see how we get on on Christmas Day. Imagine to the beach on Christmas Day in 30 degrees. We can only dream of it on this side. We really, really can. It's, honestly, it's so alien to me. I'm mm. like, I'm finding it hard to like 
I'm just confused. My my time zones are all mixed up. My my body clock's all mixed up. But we'll figure it'll happen. It will indeed happen. In a general sense, since you arrived there, how are you finding life? What are the people like? You know, and what what you know, life there compared to life back here in Ireland. What's the difference? Uh life. The lifestyle is just so different. Like people here, there's a lot more emphasis on your like personal life compared to your work life so you work to live over here whereas nearly at home I feel there's a lot more pressures in 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 different industries obviously it's different but I feel like when you're young you're trying to like you know make a name for yourself even whatever industry you're in it's very much like you know you have to work 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 whereas here you can nearly do that within your nine to five and then it's like once that hits like five half five people are like I don't understand why you are still here they value their own time. So they would get up in the morning, like they're early risers over here. They're up at like 5 a.m., down to the beach, down for the sunrise. They're out doing their yoga. They're like, they have a day before their work day. They have their evening. And then they like, they very much value their own time. In comparison to home, I think that's a big difference. Just the lifestyle is so much more outdoorsy, obviously because of the weather. So it's never just, oh, come over. It's like, oh, I'll meet you somewhere. We'll go for a nice coastal walk. We'll go for a bush walk. It's everything is is outdoorsy. Um, the people are some of them are just absolutely crazy. Like they're so you just see some characters all the time. It's very common to just be walking down to the beach and like a lot of Australians will just not have shoes on. And it's just such it's so weird to me. I'm like, why did you leave your house with no shoes? Hmm. And they just do that here. I don't know why. But the people are lovely. They're very nice. I've, I've had a great time with them. I've actually probably met more international people than Australian people. It's a very, very multicultural city. Well, Sydney is anyway. It's very, very multicultural. So, yeah, it's fantastic. It's just been a great time. I can't believe it's it's been so long since I've been here. Really, really flew in. Yeah, time flies when you're enjoying yourself, they say, and you certainly are. But Ireland was once like that. Ireland has changed immensely. You're, you're right there. And when you go to Australia and that laid back nature, yes, they work hard, but they play hard mm. too. And, and obviously that's what you're, you're telling us. In, in terms of the cost of living, I take it you're renting a place there, you have a wage yeah. and, you know, you have to feed and look after yourself. How are you managing, you know, financially? Being completely honest, the wages over here are a lot better than at home. And I would say the cost of living here is very comparable to the cost of living in Dublin. Say if you're renting, if you were eating out. Now, I know it's not great at home either. There is definitely a housing crisis over here, too. Using like myself and David's example, we're both working. We have a two bed apartment. We hop on the it's like our equivalent of the Lewis it's called the light rail. We hop on that. We're 20 minutes into the city where it's very, you know, commutable. And we're paying, I'd say, the same you'd pay for maybe a room or maybe a one bed in Dublin. Mm. Um, so there definitely is like there's this conception. Everyone's like Sydney's the most expensive place in the world to live. Like that's what I thought it was going to be like when I came over. And I was like, I won't be here for long. So, <laughs> um, But when you're working, it's all very relative. Like your wage is better. And the groceries, I'd say over here, I definitely more expensive than at home it is all relative and i like I, i'm i'm still able to as i said i'm renting i'm living like i'm not not doing things i'm not and i'm still able to put a bit of money away as well so it's definitely i think easier for me to do that here whereas at home the reason i was able to put money into my savings account was because i was under a lovely house with mom and dad i had no responsibilities and mm. or like financial responsibilities i was able to just you know kind of do what i wanted to do so now that I'm in, I'm a lot more independent over here. But no, it's 
there's definitely issues here. Like, I'm in no way saying there's not. And, like, somewhere, everyone wants to be in Sydney for somewhere. So people nearly migrate to different parts of Australia during, like, the colder months. And, say, they might go and work a, a FIFO job, like a fly-in, fly-out mining job. Or they might go and work in a regional area to just make more money. And then, then they come back to Sydney for summer. So there's definitely an influx of people coming into the city now. And I can just see it with, like, you drive by house viewings and there's, like, 70 people outside for one house viewing and you're like oh my god thank god it's not me i just don't ever want to be in that situation again yeah no the cost of living i'd say is very very relative very very similar to dublin i would say interesting to hear all you have to say there i just feel and i'm sure we all feel today and understand how happy you are there and how life is going really well i have to ask you this do you miss anything about home I miss my family. I miss my granny. She's going to be listening to this. I miss my granny. I miss my fam and I wish I could just transport them over here. And there's definitely little things like when when you go through a heat wave and it's really, really hot. I'm like, oh, my God, I'd love for a nice Irish breeze now to come blowing <laughs> in the window. But um, no, definitely. There's little things that you'd, you'd miss. But um, like at home for me, like my whole life at home is nearly... It's so different now. Like, I've got very few friends back in Ireland. Most of my friends are abroad, whether that be in London or Australia or Canada or wherever they are. And, like, the people who are at home are either planning to leave in the next kind of six to 12 months. So it's just kind of funny because if I did go home, it'd be great for a couple of weeks. I'd be with, like, my family and everything. But then I think my it would I'd find it hard to kind of readjust to not having your friends around mm. I've got, like, I've got a big group of us over here so loads of stuff I, I definitely miss like I miss going for a coffee I miss the dogs I miss uh, like David's family um, but actual like physical things not so much It's Sydney Australia your life out there for the foreseeable future At the moment it is let's see how we go <laughs> In the plans now once we get our visas kind of in our hands plans are I really want to explore more of Australia like I've been up to Queensland I've been to a couple of places down south so I have so much I want to see. And then I'd love to, you know, jump over and see New Zealand, do a bit of an explore there. Ideally, I'd love to like rent a camper van and just do a massive road trip. Mm-hmm. But we need to save some money to that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it's your only young once. The world is your oyster and you're having a great time. Look, it's great to talk to you uh, all the way from Sydney this afternoon on Late Lunch. I want to wish you and Dave and all your friends out there from Ireland a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. A very happy Christmas and all the best for 2024. We love you, you know that, and we'll be in touch in the new year. Yes, thank you so much, Jerry, and happy Christmas to you and all LMFM and everyone at home. Oh, happy New Year. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Christmas Friday afternoon, our final show of the year. I want to say hello to somebody now. I hope we can help. I really hope we can help her. Enya Gleeson, welcome to the show. Hi, Jerry. Thanks so much for having me on. Not at all. Um, I, I'm sorry to have you on in these circumstances. I wish it were happier on the run into Christmas. You had a break in at your house uh, in Slane, was it, uh, on Monday? Yes, on Monday evening around uh, 7 on 7.40pm. And um, it's never nice when somebody enters somewhere they're not supposed to. They broke a window, I believe. In they went. They threw stuff about the house. Did they take much? Um, They took a bit of my mum's jewellery. And then my brother had some fake Canada Goose jackets and um, some Nike Vapor Mac from him. But the main thing was the wedding ring. Yes, this ring we're going to talk about now. You say that it was the one thing that they took that you actually really care about. And, and, and tell, tell our listeners why. What, what, what's the significance of the ring? Well, the ring is my late dad's wedding ring. And my dad and my mum um, have been married for 20 years this year in May. But my dad suddenly passed away in July. Um, he had a heart aneurysm. And one Monday morning he was in the shower and he just dropped dead. He was only 53 and he had no uh, health problems or anything. And we were just all distraught because I'm the oldest of four. And my sisters are 16 and 14 and then my brother's only 11. So the ring's kind of a huge part of what we have left of my dad. So I've been wearing it around my neck and it's kind of a huge comfort for me, I find. So we're just absolutely distraught. Looking at the picture of it here, beautiful ring on the chain. Do you mind me asking you, you normally always wear it. What happened on Monday you didn't put it on? Yeah, I usually wear it to work every day, but I usually only work Saturdays and Sundays for six hours. But on Monday, it's Christmas week, so the shop, I work in um, a shop, so it's very busy this week because coming up to Christmas. So I was doing a nine-hour shift and I knew I wasn't just going to be sitting on tills. I was going to be running around the place. So I looked at the ring and I was like, okay, I'm not going to wear it today because I don't want it to fall off because it's not secure on the chain. It moves about and that kind of thing. Just when you're running around the shop, um, I just didn't want it to fall off or anything. So I made a conscious decision not to wear it in case I lost it and then came home and obviously it's gone. Oh my God almighty. Look at these things happen. You make a decision in in the best of faith and it should have been the right decision. Nobody had any business going near your home or entering where they shouldn't either. We we have to say that. Your dad was a well-known man in the legal profession and with Rathaut GAA. Yeah, he was. He trained um, the under-11s team but he took it very seriously. My brother was on the team and he brought them. Sure, they were down in Tipperary with the Blitz after after my dad had passed, but it was all organised by my dad as they were going down to Tipperary. And um, so, yeah, he took that very seriously. And then mm. um, he owned, um, he had a splister practice with my mom yeah. in Rathos. Mm, yeah, Pat Gleeson, well, well known man at 53. Oh, my God. Do any of us know, God bless, what will happen down the road? Um, this ring is very precious, folks, to the family. It really is to any Anne or family. It really, really is pre- precious. Where can people see it? I'm looking at it. Where's the best place they can look at it? Because they might, this might be offered somewhere. Yeah, um, it might be seen on Facebook marketplaces or in any second-hand jewellery shop. Just if anybody sees it, um, just to let us know. Yeah, so it is a gold wedding band, is it? 
Yes, it's a gold ring. It's a particularly go- uh, it's a particularly big ring. Yes, um, and it has a line through the middle of it, and on the inside, it's engraved with um, Michael Perry Jewelers. Um, I have pictures of it up on Facebook and it's also in the Mead Chronicle article. Okay, yeah, it's there. So you can see it all over the place. Just despair, I really do. And, you know, the people who did this, have they hearts at all? If they had a heart at all and they hear the story, read it, it's in the Chronicle, I know, at the minute, it's all over the place. If anyone had a bit of a heart at all, you know, they'd leave this ring somewhere or give it somewhere that it could be picked up and returned to where it rightfully belongs to Enya Gleeson and her family. I really do hope you get it back. It's my Christmas wish this year <laughs> that you get this ring back, Enya. Well, thank you very much, Jerry. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, and uh, look, uh, it's a tough old time of the year for you, one way or the other, but this would just be a little light on the horizon if this were to happen. Please, folks, if you're offered a gold ring for a few bob or anything, if you see it in Marketplace on Facebook or anywhere like that, raise the hair, get in touch with Enya, let us know, and please, God, we can get this back. It would just be fantastic. Look, I wish you the best this Christmas time, and thank you for joining us, and I hope you have good news in the new year. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. Not at all. Take care of yourself. That's Enya Gleeson there. What kind of people? You know what I mean? At times, it just... I don't know. Uh, anyway, let's see. Let's see if that ring turns up. I really do hope it does. Let me mention a couple of people this Friday afternoon. I want to say a big, big happy birthday to Mr. Peter Whelan. Uh, of the whole hogs fame. It's Peter's birthday today. Happy birthday, Peter. One of the real good guys in this life. And another birthday wish to Phyllis Taff. Phyllis Taff lives in Sheepgrange uh, on your way out from Drogheda towards Slane. She's 92 years young. Happy birthday, Phyllis. Many more of them. What a great woman she is. Delighted to join in the good wishes for you today. And just one more before we hear our next very special Christmas song. I want to say a big thank you to Jenny and everybody at Mead Farm Group for the lovely, lovely hamper of... uh, goodies that were dropped in this morning for myself and Louise. We do appreciate them. We love our veg. We do. And it goes down a bomb and they never forget us every year. Happy Christmas to you all in Mead Farm Group uh, from us here on LMFM Radio. It is Christmas time and here is one of the great classics of all time. They'll be playing this in hundreds of years time. Yes, it's Mr Bing Crosby. And for everybody out there listening to Late Lunch, I dedicate it to you. Of a white Christmas. It's Christmas and I'm back in Academy Books with Irene Gahan. She normally comes to us, but today it's quite different and I love to be here at Christmas time. And the shop is beautiful and it's buzzing and... Christmas is books, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It's a great present for anybody. So if you're into books at all, um, you know, get them, get people books, get kids books, particularly kids. It's lovely for children to get books at Christmas. And I think it pulls back from the kind of traditional electronics and everything else. And book, and it's books, for, not just for Christmas though, book is, for, <laughs> book is for all year round. But we have some amazing books and amazing Irish authors with books out at the moment. So it's a perfect chance to go into any independent bookshop and ask their opinion, ask their advice. They'll give you loads of great ideas. 
and I'm with you all the way there. We gotta support our independent bookstores because I said it before on this show, when they're gone, they're gone and it's no good crying over spilt milk. Every book bought this Christmas in Academy Books and independent bookstores really does make a difference. Now, let's talk about books today and Irene, unlike normal, she's not going into depth on reviews or anything. I've just asked her to pick out a selection of books here to recommend so you will be able to go to Academy Books and those other stores and buy them before the Christmas as lovely gifts. So what have you for me? Let's begin. It's terrible. I've picked out all my favourites from this year, so I suppose I'm a little bit biased, but uh, my first one is Kala, Colin Welsh. We talked about that before. It's really, really nice. A crime, good JV novel, and won a on post uh, book award this year. So Kala, it's kind of a crime story set in kind of t- early 2000s um, in a village, and there's a body found. You know me and my crime. I love my crime. Kala <laughs> <laughs> um, by Colin Walsh is the first recommendation. I know this one that you've just produced there, Ashling Ever After by Emer McLeisith and Sarah Breen. This has been a big one this year. Yeah, this has been huge. I mean, it's been on the top seller list for quite a while now. It's if you're looking for something light, if you're looking for something fluffy, nothing too detailed, nothing too heavy. This is definitely the book you want for over the Christmas to escape everything. Um, and it's Ashling Ever After by Emer Lysat and Sarah Breen definitely recommended. Charming, funny, heartwarming, you name it all. That this book has it it's between all the covers. In there. And when yeah. Marion Keys endorses it, you kinda know it's yeah. gonna be what are you what are you gonna get? I now. see John Boyne staring up at me here. This is one of my books of the year, actually. This is Water. I, I, I loved it. I mean I finished it in two days. It's a novella, it's the first of four, John Boyne, and it's about a lady who escapes her past in Dublin and we you know, like an onion, it's unpeeled and all the bits come slowly, slowly. Um, but she's basically escaping from something that's quite traumatic um, and trying to rebuild her life out of it. So Water Jumboin is really one of my one of my favourite books this year. So I definitely recommend that. You won't go uh, wrong there. And uh, look at this. Ah, well, I'm familiar with this one too. <laughs> this is a cracker. Liz Nugent. Yeah, Liz Nugent's Strange Sally Diamond. I absolutely love her books. I mean, she's got five books out now and they're all similar, kind of dark, um, slightly crimey, um, but brilliant characters characters, really interesting, you know, pulled from sort of contemporary things that happen have happened in Irish society. Um, but she, you know, this was this for me was brilliant. Now I loved Unraveling Oliver, which was our first one, with this to me, Strange Sally Diamond really kind of, you know, consolidated everything I ever thought of her. <laughs> There's a real yellow cover here with a pair of eyes staring yes. up at me. Talk to me about this one, Irene. This was one of my other favourites this year. Um, not an Irish author, but Rebecca Kwan. And Yellow Face is interesting for lots of different reasons, but mostly because it's about the publishing industry. Um, and she pulls no punches. She gets in there and she gives out completely. But what happens is she, and we're told very, very early on, her fr- she dies, her friend robs her manuscript. And basically, it's all <laughs> it's interesting what happens from that point on. So it's very much uh, in-depth indictment and sight. And, uh, how would I put it? Uh, it unveils the kind of unravels publishing industry as it is and how trends happen um, and how authors get cancelled. So really loved it. I mean, it's a really good book and it's light. It's just it, it is light, but it does deal with sort of kind of hardcore issues. Mm. But if you're interested in books and you're interested in publishing, Yellow Face is very, very good. Yellow Face, Rebecca Quang, the number one Sunday Times bestseller as well. Now, there's a familiar name there <laughs> and an Irish name, Sebastian Barry. Yeah, this was one of the books that was longest 
posted for the booker for this year, um, Old God's Time. And it's about an ex-policeman, uh, a detective, who has retired now to Dorky. Um, but we kind of learn very early on, he's in the, at, at the sort of starting stages of um, Alzheimer's. But two detectives arrive at his door. It's, it is very dark, but anyone who likes Sebastian Mario will like it. But it's basically an unravelling of a crime, um, coupled with lots of other kind of social things that go with it, shall I say, without giving too much away. But it was definitely deserving of uh, a long list and I definitely would recommend it. Ah, oh, look at Marion Finucane on the cover of this one. Yeah, this is um, written by John Clark, um, Finucane and me and My Life with Marion. And I think it's one of those non-fiction books that everyone's interested in for Christmas. Um, it's a really, it's really interesting memoir, kind of biography style thing, uh, style book. And it's certainly very popular for Christmas um, and I would recommend it. It's, it, it's a nice read. Mm. Yeah, there you go. And Marion Finucane, a wonderful broadcaster yeah. who for years, uh, you know, had such influence uh, well, in Irish society. Yeah, she, she pushed the barriers, particularly with uh, female, present, female presenters in Irish society. She, she really did push out barriers. But on top of that one, there's a book called Dear Gay out at the moment, by written by his daughter. I don't have any here. We will have them. But it turns out to be the Christmas book of the year. It's Dear Gay. It's all of the letters, not all of them, but it's a sampling of some of the letters that people sent in by to Gay Byrne over the years which really do kind of track the progress of Ireland um, mm. throughout the history. Mm. And it's written by his daughter. And that seems to have been the absolute outstanding book of uh, non-fiction book of this year as well. So Marion Finucane and me and Dear Gay both seem to be doing extremely well this Christmas. Very popular on Christmas lists. Yeah, I just received it by Susie Byrne, his daughter, and I'm looking forward to reading it myself now. <laughs> Matt Cooper <laughs> pops up here. And look at that question that many people ask on many occasions. Who really owns Ireland? Well, if anyone's going to know Matt Cooper's mm. Matt Cooper's definitely the one to write this he's very very good at taking um, he's, I mean he's a great broadcaster but he's also very very good at taking um, kind of doing more in-depth research into kind of where who's doing what and what deals are done and I think it's uh, it's one of a few books that actually kind of, again kind of takes a moment in time for Ireland and, and, and it tells you all the what's and all gives you all the stories yeah. so it's very popular as well this Christmas who really who really owns Ireland Matt Cooper yeah big question all right and finally for the adults in the audience God I've seen this one before too see I get so many books sent in <laughs> and I'm very grateful to the publishers I have to say because you know I love books too it's a passion of mine A History of Ireland in 100 Episodes by Jonathan Barden yeah I really like this as well I think it's an interesting it kind of again it's really kind of taking a snapshot of Ireland the, um, for anyone who's a history buff or anyone who's into you know politics or Irish history it's again it's a great one it's one of those books that there's only a kind of a limited run done on it and it's kind of a moment in time it's one of those books to get and have on your bookshop Let's go down the age profile now <laughs> to the younger cohort. So if you're thinking of buying for some young person in your life, what have you, Irene? Well, the Harp of Power is for sort of 9 to 12 year olds. And it's um, from the author, um, Alex Dunn, that also wrote the Book of Secrets, which was very, very popular. And both of these were very, very highly recommended by our 9 to 12 book club. They loved them. Irish mythology is kind of making a big comeback in terms of... Um, you know, sort of literature for 9 to 12 and 13, you know, that kind of age group. Um, but I would really recommend Harp of Power by Alex Dunn and her first book, The Book of Secrets. Both of them would be lovely to put in a little pack for, you know, that, that 9 to 12, near teen, as they say, in, in your life. Lovely. Uh, and In Between Worlds, yeah. uh, Nicola Pierce. Yes, Nicola Pierce's book is absolutely fab. Um, again, our 13, 12, 13-year-olds in our book club loved it. And it's, it's kind of a... a 
it's a look back at the famine. It's a look at sort of four girls. Well, there's 194 girls actually took off from Cork in a, in a famine ship and went off to, you know, live in Australia um, in the height of the famine. But it's really interesting in the sense it gives them a really, it gives you a really good background of how bad it actually was um, at the time. And, you know, they had no choice. There was workhouse. It was literally the workhouse um, or basically starved to death or go off in this famine ship. So it's, it's a nice story about kind of four friends within the group and their life and, and taking off and making the decisions to go and making incredible decisions at that age in their life. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it was a, it's big. It's really mm. big. But the book is beautifully written and I did cry a little bit. <laughs> Nicola Pierce, she's fantastic, isn't yeah. she? Now, look at this one. Mr. Niall Breslin, another well-known man in media circles. Yeah, he's, he's got some beautiful books and they're all kind of around mindfulness for children. So he has quite the sleep scan and chill skill. And this is his new one called Follow My Lead. And it's basically mindfulness to children to try and get them to settle and, you know, to try and get them off devices and, you know, just sit down, read a book and enjoy the cam. I'm with Mr. Breslin on that one all the way, I have to say. And just a couple more that Irene's picked out here. Yeah, this book is a favourite and it's all, we always have it in stock and it's always a favourite, particularly at Christmas and particularly if you've got children who are living away um, from Ireland and ne- might not necessarily know the sort of or- origins of the Irish myths and legends. And it's called The Big Book of Favourite Irish Myths and Legends. Um, and I, it's super popular I would really really recommend it and it's for kind of anyone from six to seven you can write it up so you know the usual stories of children of Lear you know salmon of knowledge but I'd really recommend it it's a beautiful hardback so it really does make a lovely gift Irene's final recommendation on late lunch this Christmas time Own Colfer yeah Own Colfer so Juniper's Christmas so it's a beautiful hardback beautiful cover um, very nicely illustrated and it's basically a Santa book it's a Christmas book um, it, it is for a slightly older age group um, it's basically about Santa's second retired and <laughs> what's going to happen after um, but the actual writing of it you know it's for anyone up to sort of 12 or 13 years old but again mm. Irish author fabulous Irish author super popular and beautiful cover and I'm not saying judge a book by a cover but the cover is very it pretty it is lovely and very pretty gorgeous yeah, it really pretty. is and it is illustrated there are beautiful illustrations in it as well so he's a great writer he, he really really is yeah. Irene thank you so much for all your recommendations through the year on Late Lunch on LMFM Radio we do appreciate what you do for us and I wish you well for the Christmas and New Year and I say to listeners again do support Academy Books in Southgate on the south side of Drogheda and all independent bookstores it means so much to them this Christmas time. Thank you again. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas to you too. My two special guests are back, Miss Ava Flynn and Cormac Ferreter. Now, Cormac, you're going to sing for the listeners today. What are you going to sing? I'm shining. I'm shining. Are you ready to go? Yes. Let's hear it. Off you go. I'm shining as brightly as I can, as bright as bright can be. I'm shining as brightly as I can, so the tree wise men can follow me to the stables, to the stables, to see Jesus, their newborn king. To the stables, to the stables, so that they can worship him. I'm twinkling as brightly as I can, as bright as bright can be.
I'm twinkling as brightly as I can, so the tree wise men can follow me to their stables, to their stables, to see Jesus, their newborn King. To the stables, to the stables, so that they can worship him. To the stables, to the stables, to see Jesus, the newborn King. To the stables, to the stables, so that they can worship him. Oh, Bula Boss, Bula Boss, Gahanawai. Fantastic, Cormac Ferriter on Late Lunch today. What a lovely, sweet voice you have, and so well delivered. Thank you. Thank you for singing that song for us. Now, Ava, thank you. Now, Ava comes in with a poem for us. So, Miss Ava Flynn, what are you going to read for the listeners now? Once there was a snowman. Hold on, will I put up there? That's my fault. What are you going to read for the listeners? Once there was a snowman. Okay, away you go. Once there was a snowman who stood outside the door. He wished that he could come inside and run about the floor. He wished that he could warm himself beside the fire, so red. He wished that he could climb upon the big white bed. So he called to the north wind, Come and help me pray, for I'm completely frozen, standing here all day. So the north wind came along and blew him in the door. And now there's nothing left but a puddle on the floor. <laughs> well done to you. Well done. That is absolutely beautiful. Thank now you. you've been working. I know you've been. You're here with us all day in the show, and we, we of course, are talking to other people and doing other things. But you've been in there with your mammy Louise uh, Cormac, and you've been working on art masterpieces what what is what what have you done for us today what have um, you drawn well i made a card for you oh did you yes oh thank you so much that's a surprise and a half thank you so you made a christmas card is it i did yeah. do you love art and crafts yes i do and i know you sent a card in to us for the kids christmas cards for kelly didn't you i did and so did you Yes, I got your card too, so I did. It's fantastic. Well done to you. Do you like drawing and that? Because you're in there as well, working away. What did you do? What have you done? Rainbow Friends. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Do you love to draw and colour and do things like that? Oh, now, playing games. What do you play? When you go out, do you play games with your friends? What games do you like to play? Um, So sometimes I like to play tag. Sometimes I like to play families. Okay, and that's out on the street with your friends and that, is it? Yeah, and sometimes on the yard in school as well. On the yard in school. What about you, Cormac? What do you play? What games do you play with your mates? Ragdolls, Among Us and, (laughs) like, other stuff like that. Oh, right. So, and, and to play and to play games is wonderful, isn't it? And, yeah. And my friend is it, and it's called Arthur the Pigeon. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. We're getting lovely messages. The, listener lo- the listeners love the two of you. You know that? They love listening to you on the show this afternoon. They're saying you're both great, and I want to thank you for coming in and joining us on the show as well. It's absolutely fantastic. Okay, we'll hear a little more from you before the end of the show. Thank you for singing. Thank you for reading the poetry. What?
heading towards top of the hour now, three o'clock on late lunch, our final show of the year. And Ava, sorry, before I forget, you are going to introduce our next song. Away you go, Miss Ava Flynn. This is one of my favourite singers and one of my favourite songs. This is Carly Minogue, Christmas isn't Christmas till you get here. Thank you. It's been a long time to be missing you, you, you. You're on your way now, leper, and I'm over the moon. Everything's all in place, but there is one thing clear. Christmas isn't Christmas till you get here. Those sleigh bells ring, ring, ring. reminder that the Christmas Lights Tractor Parade uh, being uh, promoted by Round Towers GFC is happening tomorrow Saturday at 7 o'clock. Registration is from 6 at Kilmainham GFC. That's all over Kells Way with the parade starting through Kells at 7 o'clock. It'll be spectacular I promise you. And it's finishing at Drumbarra Emmett's GFC. So three GA clubs involved there in fundraising. All vehicles welcome. It's €25 per vehicle and we wish them well with that. Thanks for all of your lovely messages. Lovely to hear from you, John Connolly, this afternoon. John, a great listener uh, to Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. That snow you spoke about, Jerry, was 2010. Yeah, that memory 13 years ago that came up on my phone for sure, John. Wish you, John, and all yours a happy Christmas. And thanks for being a great listener to this radio station. Jerry and Louise, uh, many thanks for entertaining me throughout 2023 as I enjoy the new normal working from home three days a week. Could you play Oh Holy Night? It's a hymn that really kicks off my Christmas. My mum Lily loves it too. Say hello to her. Hello Lily. She's in Ballinlock in Kells. Thanks. That comes in from Aidan Mullally. I think we'll be able to help you on that one Aidan. Stay with us on the show. Lovely to hear from you this afternoon. Uh, another one there. Jerry. yes you're right. The poems are wonderful to listen to. A very entertaining show as always. Thank you so much Jerry. Thank you for that lovely message whoever you are. There's another one there. They're coming in by the new time. Hi Jerry and Louise. Love listening to your show all year around. What a great show you have. I really enjoy it so much. Wish you both a happy Christmas and all the best for the new year. Coming in from Caroline Cunningham this afternoon and so on they go. Thanks indeed for all your lovely wishes. We really do appreciate them. Now at ten past three exactly on the final late lunch of 2023 we're going to do this. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's my personal Christmas number one. I've been playing my top five Christmas songs this week for you. Who knows? It may change next year, please God. Who know where? Who knows where any of us will be at that stage? But anyway, I picked the top five for this year uh, from uh, my selection of Christmas songs, and this uh, winds down our top five countdown for this year. I'm going back in the new year to Artist of the Week from the start of the year. I have loads more Artist of the Week to bring to you, and that'll be uh, back and new and fresh for 2024. But today, here it is, my number one song and my top five countdown of Christmas songs for this year. And it could only be, couldn't it? The fairy tale. It was Christmas Eve, babe, in the drunk tank, and all that said to me. 
Countdown, Christmas songs this year, The Pogues and Kirsty McCall and Fairy Tale of New York. Simply, simply wonderful. And I have to say, you never think these days will come, do you? When you say the late Shane McGowan and the late Kirsty McCall, they're gone, but that song will live on for sure forever. Thanks for all your good wishes and messages. Happy Christmas to you all. Final break of the day, of the week, of the month, of the year on Late Lunch. Stay with us for the final part of the programme. Our very special guest on Late Lunch today are back for one last time in studio with me, Ava Flynn and Cormac Ferreter. I want to say thank you to both of you for joining me on the show today. Thanks a million. Thank you. We're delighted to have you and our listeners absolutely love your poetry, love your singing and everything else besides. Happy Christmas to both of you. I hope Santa comes with everything you wrote for. I'm sure he will. And what do you want to say to the listeners before you go? A big happy Christmas to all the Late Lunch listeners. Thank you. Bye. Comic. A happy Christmas, all the listeners. Hope you have a really nice Christmas. Bye. <laughs> Bye to both of you. Thank you very much for joining me on the show. Louise, come in there. You haven't been talking much today. You've been... Uh, I've been entertained. We've both been, we've both been mm. overshadowed, haven't we? By the mini-me's. Yeah, we have They indeed. were babysitting me, keeping me in line. <laughs> they were indeed, but it's lovely to have them. And uh, I know how much joy they brought to our listeners on late lunch this afternoon. Anyways... Louise, uh, let's uh, just have a little tiny reflection on the year before we go. It's been a good year. We've had uh, lots going on on the show. Wonderful Mm -hmm. guests, great stories and... Ah, it's. It, I'm, I'm still buzzing for it, Louise. I know. Where's the year gone, though? It's flown flown by. It really has flown by. It's been a very fast year. But I think the more you clock up the years yourself, the faster they know, go, to be honest with you. It's all relative. <laughs> it is all relative. And you forgot to say the, the, the highlight of our year. Yes. The was. award. The IMRO Award. The award for uh, Radio Moment of the Year was a wonderful, wonderful accolade. It really was. And uh, we really do appreciate it. And... Uh, it's just something that gives you a little lift along the way. It certainly does. It really does. And it's been great to get it. And we've been blessed to get it. And I always appreciate it, as you know. And I would never take anything for granted. Ever, ever, ever. Uh, and, you know, in this business, you're as good as your last show. <laughs> That's the way it works. Do you want to say anything to anybody today, just on a personal basis? So that everybody, I, like it's absolutely manic out there. So if anyone is out there shopping, um, you know, stay safe. It's not a, a, about the presence. It's about the presence, as Father Paddy said. Yeah. And um, enjoy it. Enjoy the next few days and have a lovely, happy Christmas. And we'll hopefully see you here for all 700 days of January. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And heading into a leap year, of course, next year. An extra oh, yes, day an in February. And our bank holiday, thanks to St. Bridget. But Louise, thank you for everything you do for us on the show here as well. I really do appreciate it. Thanks to all our guests who joined us through the year. They make this what it is. And to you, our listeners, without you, show we'd be nothing. We love you. We know how loyal you are and we appreciate all your interaction and we hope to keep that moving along nicely into the new year as uh, we aim to entertain you in a world that is very, very difficult at this moment in time. And I just want to say before I finish that with Christmas with us and all the joy and happiness it brings, it's fantastic. But today finishing up, I think of the conflicts in the world and all the conflicts that are happening, but especially the people in Ukraine and those in Israel and Gaza and the West Bank in the Middle East, who have all been affected by horrendous violence. And I talk about Jews 
Muslims, Christians and every shade of faith because there's only one thing in this world. All we want to do is get up in the morning, live our lives to the best of our ability, rear our families, be decent people and live in peace. And I pray for peace in the world. It's maybe a forlorn prayer at this point in time, but I pray for it and I think of all people who are afflicted afflicted by conflict, conflict and ask those who have influence to work for peace more than ever in 2024 because that really is what life is all about. Thank you for putting up with us during the year. I really do appreciate it. And we're going to finish today. I'm sure Aidan Mullally and his mum Lily will be happy and lots of other people because we leave you for 2023. God bless you. Have a good Christmas and New Year. See you on the 2nd of January. All going well. Take care. And we leave you with Carrie Underwood and this very special song for everybody out there. See you in 2024. The stars are brightly shining, it is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he appeared. 